that uh, people and deliver the message. I pray that uh, this morning God shall use me to deliver his word, not my word, because if I deliver my word, then I will be speaking from my heart. But it is my prayer that God will speak. And when God speaks, I believe that we are all going to be blessed. Uh, shall we just pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you. We want to bless and honor your holy name because you are our God. A God who loves us, a God who cares for us, and a God who's there for us in each and every situation and circumstance. Father, we want to thank you for your blessings that are abound. We want to thank you that King of Glory, You've started with us with this morning. We are faithful. You are going to walk with us. And our God and our Father, with you, all things are possible. We just want to thank you even for this privileged, my heavenly Father. Others are not able to gather the way we are gathered. Others are in war. Others are sick. Others are dead. And our people, other people are mourning. So, Father, we pray and thank you for this privilege in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, we worship you, we honor you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, we pray with a lot of thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Today, we are looking at um, giant Jacob. And I want us for a moment, um, for a moment not to be over-spiritual, just to be ourselves. And let's interact a bit. When you think of Jacob, what comes to your mind? Let's not be over-spiritual. Just when you, when you hear the term Jacob in the Bible, what comes to your mind? Who's this Jacob? Let me hear you. When you want to say something, raise your hand or just stand up and say something. What comes to your mind when you hear this Jacob? Yes? Trickster. There you hear, trickster. Others, what do you hear, think of Jacob? You know, like um, Pastor Sylvester said last time, Samson and Jacob are a bit tricky. <laughs> Are a bit tricky because when, when you are trying to look for something in them, something just pops up. And the thing that popped up for me, sorry to say, but it was trickster. Jacob the trickster. God, what am I going to say about the trickster? Is there anything that we can learn from the trickster? But oh my God, believe me, you, when I went to search the scriptures, he is a hero. He is really what uh, Hebrews says, a hero of faith. And he deserves to be in that line of the giant. So let's run with giant Jacob. Hallelujah. Just a snapshot of uh, Jacob. Jacob is the second son of Isaac and Rebekah, a twin to Esau. He was married to Leah and Rachel. A father, according to the Bible, Bible, a father of 12 sons and a daughter. And before he ran away from uh, his brother, the wrath of his brother, he was a quiet man who stayed at home. 
he was mommy's boy. He bought Jacob's birthright and tricked Isaac into blessing him, Jacob the father. When he ran away, he met and stayed with Uncle Laban, saved Laban for Leah and Rachel. We shall see, we shall see how he saved this, but he saved for Leah and Rachel. Became the father of many children, worked for wages, paid either in goats or sheep. Returned to Canaan, and as he was returning, pursued by Laban. As he was returning, devised a scheme to make peace with Esau. We will see why he had to make peace with him. Wrestled with God. Had his name changed from Jacob to Israel. Later on, reconciled with Esau. Settled in Shechem. And later on, had to return to Bethel. Where he grieved over the disappearance of his son Jacob. Oh, Joseph. We heard Joseph when... Um, uh, Chris was here. He preached about Joseph. And uh, when we say he grieved over his son Joseph, I'm sure we have a clip of what we are, we are talking about. Sent his sons to Egypt. We know there was famine and he had to go to Egypt. In Egypt, he had to meet Pharaoh. He blessed Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's sons. And he blessed his sons, each one of them. He died and he was buried in Canaan. Jacob considered a father not only by the Israelites, but all the Samaritans as well. And in Jacob, we see the demonstration of God's purpose in an election. He is an example of the heroes of faith. That is the Jacob we are looking at this morning. Amen. I want us to start with something very important because as we look at Jacob, as we look at Jacob, I want us to know exactly what we are looking at and what we are going to learn. In Jacob, I have a key verse that is Genesis chapter 28 verses 15. And in this verse, it is saying, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Our God is well able and is encouraging us. He is assuring us that he is never going to leave us and we are going to see this in Jacob. Church, the story of Jacob spans from um, Jack, um, Genesis 25 to 50. These are chapters I'm talking about and verses. It's quite loaded. So if I were to stand here and talk about Jacob studiously, it would probably take me the whole year. But I pray that um, this time we'll look up at Jacob and we'll be able to see that indeed Jacob is a hero of faith, and a giant that we are running with. And in helping us with this, I am going to talk about Jacob breaking his lifestyle in four stages. And I pray that in each and every stage, we'll be able to learn something from Jacob, either on his downward side or on his upward side as a hero. 
Because what we must see is Jacob, and indeed what we have seen from other heroes, was that, yes, they are heroes, they are great, but they are men just like, uh, like us. So at one time, you expect them to faint. At one time, you expect them to fail. At one time, you expect them to take the other route. And Jacob was the same. But we are not going to focus so much on that because at the end of the day, we will see that this Jacob, even though he might have a downward side, but he also have a side that is worth looking at, that is worth learning from. Amen. So from the first stage of Jacob's life, we look into uh, Genesis chapter 25, verses 22 to 26. But uh, my gist will be in, on 22. In the first stage of Jacob's life, Jacob lived up to his name, which means he grasps, he deceives. He grabbed Esau's heel of birth, at birth. And you know what to grab is? It's not just holding, but it is to pull so that you go ahead. It is to pull so that you get ahead of your friend. He grabbed the ear of his brother so that he could pull and then go ahead. But why did he do that? Let's proceed with the journey of Jacob. And by the time it he fled from home, as I said earlier, that he had to flee because of the wrath of Esau. Because of what he grabbed from Esau, he grabbed his birthright and he tricked his father into getting his blessing. But before he did, he had to run away after that. In Jacob's first stage of life, the highlight I want to give you is you cannot help God. God has, what God has purposed shall come to pass. So what we see in Jacob is, Jacob was a promised child. Okay? Jacob was, uh, Jacob was a promised child. It, it comes out of prayer. The mother noticed that something was happening. Something was happening in her womb. And then she had to ask of the Lord. And the Lord clearly talked to, to, to her and told her what was really happening. And we'll see this as we read the word. The baby jostled each other with each other within her and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One will be stronger than the other and the older will save the younger. So you see right from the word go, God had purposed it that Jacob was going to be ahead of his brother. So I want to look at it this way. Jacob was only trying to help God in doing all the tricks and the deceiving that he was doing. But otherwise, he was destined to be ahead. Hallelujah. He was destined to be ahead. 
And there are two influences that I see here and that I quickly want to share with you. One influence I see is the mother. Because the mother, God had taught her about Jacob. And I think he told Jacob, you are the destiny son. And you have to get what you want. We will ensure I will help you to get what you want. Even though God had said that Jacob is the promised child. Jacob is the son who was going to be blessed. But they had to do other things to help God. You cannot help God. I cannot help God. The other influence I see is Isaac loving Esau more than he loved Jacob. So Jacob, out of that inferiority complex, he started scheming so that he could get ahead of his brother. And I have, as I've said, even when it was a promise. But the two influences, the mother so much on Jacob. Everything, you have to get this. You will get this. I will help you. Looking to the father, the father was more interested in the elder brother, Esau. So I think that also spurred Jacob into his schemes. But I will tell you that even in his first stage where you see, we see Jacob as a trickster, first stage, you see that as he was fleeing, as he was fleeing from the wrath of his brother, God visited him. God visited him. And when God visited him, God clearly spoke to Jacob. God clearly said to Jacob that he was going to bless him. God confirmed or reaffirmed what he had said to the grandfather Abraham, to the father Isaac, and now he affirmed it to Jacob that he was going to bless him. So we see that the walk of Jacob, even from the first stage, he is still walking with God. God is still blessing him. And God still shows that he was going to bless him. Hallelujah. This now leads us to Jacob's second stage of life. And this we get from Genesis chapter 29, verses 20. Genesis 29, verses 20. In Jacob's uh, second stage of life, the highlight there is now Jacob learns to wait upon the Lord. Jacob learned to wait upon God for things to happen in his life. Let's move on and see. In the second stage, Jacob experienced life from the other side, being manipulated and deceived by Laban. But there is a curious change in the Jacob of stage one. One would simply expect that uh, Jacob would just have left Laban furious, unhappy. But the Jacob we see in the second stage 
is a Jacob who even when is dribbled, waits upon the Lord. We see Jacob now refined from a trickster to a person who waits upon Lord, the Lord and who is able to do what the Lord wants of him. In this second stage of life, this is where we see Jacob as he's staying with Uncle Laban, falling in love with Rachel. And he says he wants to marry Rachel. And Uncle Laban says, yes, you are going to marry Rachel, but you have to wait for me seven years. And Jacob works. In Jacob, in this second stage of life, this is where we see a hard-working Jacob. A Jacob who perseveres. A Jacob who wants to get what he wants through hard work and not through any other means. Hallelujah. Lo and behold, after seven years, he wants to get his beloved Rachel and in the end is deceived. He gets who? He gets Leah. And this is where we see the dramatic change. If it was the Jacob of the first stage, what would you have expected? But here now we see a changed Jacob. A Jacob who is now developing patience. He says... I love my Rachel, and I'm not going to give up. We see patience now in Jacob growing. We see perseverance. We see endurance. We see a Jacob who is changed. He goes on to work for another seven years for his beloved Rachel. Youths, those who are not married, can't you see the power of love? <laughs> The power of love. Jacob demonstrates the power of love by not giving up, by being diligent and working for a further seven years for his beloved Rachel. Did he get the price? Oh, yes, he did. Because of perseverance, because of patience, because of endurance. Church, let us endure. We can fill up this place all we need is patience. We need to look to our God. We need not to give up because our God is well able. The same way he worked with Jacob, he will work for us. Oh, hallelujah. Can I hear now? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. That is the Jacob we see in the second stage. Now we move, we are still soldiering on with giant uh, Jacob. We are running with Jacob. And we running. We saw him in the first stage. We've seen him in the second stage. We are not yet done. We have the third stage of Jacob. In the third stage, we look at uh, Genesis 32, 28. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. 
what are we talking about in the first stage? The highlight is in the first, in the third stage, we see a Jacob who is dependent on God. Jacob now learns to be dependent on God. And he realized the importance of this dependence on God. We see a Jacob who now resorts to prayer. Jacob, the trickster, now is Jacob who depends on God. Jacob who prays. Hallelujah. Let us move along. How do we see this? In the third stage, Jacob was a, as a neuro as grabber. What is he grabbing now? That is your question. This time, by the river Jordan, he grabbed onto God and wouldn't let go. This is the time that Jacob wrestled with God. This is the time that Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Hallelujah. Get hold of that word. Get hold of our word. If you have our God, if you are studying, get hold of those notes. Get hold of your teachers, your lecturers, your tutors, and get the knowledge. So that at the end of the day, you will have what you need. The education. Hallelujah. Now Jacob gets hold of his God. He realized his dependence on God, who had continued to bless him. His relationship to God became essential to his life, and his name was changed from Jacob to who? To Israel, meaning he struggles with God. With this name, Israel, came a new identity. He was going to be the father of the nation of Israel. Jacob, now Israel, the father of the Israel nation. Jacob was no longer to be associated as the swindler or trickster of his past, especially the first stage. He was a new creation, filled with God's blessings, with a divine purpose to establish the nation of Israel. You can imagine from somebody who was being tempted as a trickster to somebody with a new identity to found a new nation. If we follow closely we find that it is in the bloodline. This is what God had exactly said to Abraham. You'll be a father of many nations. He passed on the buttons. Have we run relay before? Those of us who have run relay before, you know that that uh, track is 400 meters. You don't run it alone. There is uh, uh, someone at every 100 meter point where you have to pass on the button. 
So God had a promise to Abraham. Abraham had to pass on the baton to the son Isaac. Isaac also had to pass on the baton to the son Jacob. And when Jacob received the baton, he had to race to the finishing point. Hence, a running giant. He rests and he went to the finishing point. How? It is through Jacob that we see the establishment of the nation of Israel. He reached the finishing point. He was a new creation. Filled with God's blessings. With a divine purpose. As a continuous reminder to his encounter. God gave Jacob a permanent limp. I won't go so much into that. I just want to say that um, when Jacob, that time Jacob was fighting God, Jacob was too much to himself. Jacob wanted to achieve things by himself, by his own strength. And when God saw that this Jacob is so powerful, so energetic, and he wants to do things on his own. Our divine God had just had to do something. And just by a divine touch, our Jacob was made to now say, God, you are my father. God, I hear you. You are my God. And from now, I will do as you wish. Like Paul. Paul also had a flesh. A thorn in his flesh. That always reminded him of the encounter with God. So that limp, even as we see the new Jacob, even as we see the chained Jacob, if there was any thoughts, any thought of going back, that limp always reminded Jacob that you are no longer Jacob, but Israel, and I have changed you. That thorn in the flesh of Paul always reminded him, whenever he wanted to go back, that God had touched him. I wonder what is our reminder today of our encounter with God. Is it that scar? Is it that limp as well? Oh, I don't know. But at least there should be something that should be able to tell us, remind us of the encounter with God. That's why we say that at one time, you should be able to say, at that time, I said yes to God. At that time, I gave up my dark side of life and went to that light. What is that which reminds you? For Jacob, what? It was that limp. For Paul, thorn in the flesh. Let's go back and see at our lives again. So that we see what reminds us 
of our encounter with God. Hallelujah. We are moving. Now, Jacob is a grab. He grabs and gets hold of Lord, I need this God. That is the third stage. He depended on God. In the final stage, because I said it's four stages, as we go to Genesis 35, verses 1 to 3, Jacob's Genesis chapter 35, verses 1 to 3. Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there, and build an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I've gone. Here, the highlight is that Jacob now is truly in the hands of God. First, he grasped the heel of his brother so that he could go ahead. He experienced the other side of his life. Then he grabbed God and said, this, my God, you are mine. In the last stage of Jacob's life, now God gets a firm hold of Jacob. And he says, who am I? And in this stage now we see a Jacob who is a leader. Who even now is able to tell the people, we are going. Leave this, leave that, change your clothes. And we see the people obeying Jacob. He is a leader, a giant leader. Hallelujah. Jacob's last stage of life has to be grabbed. God achieved a fame hold on him. Focus. Consult God before making any decision or move. Jacob learned to consult God before acting. We see now in the last stage, Jacob is a patriarch of four nations. Oh, hallelujah. Jacob is now a leader. And I want it to bring to us that even as we talk about Jacob, are we just talking about Jacob and get interested that from a trickster we see a father of the nation? What is the relevance of Jacob's story in our lives? God is saying to you, God is saying to me, God is saying to the church this morning that like Jacob, 
we can enter into a relationship with Christ today asking forgiveness for our sins and declaring God to be our savior Amen. Jacob started off as a trickster he remained pray- he, 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 he learned how to pray that time when he remained alone that time he had his brother Esau was coming the one he has tricked by that time he had worked for Laban he had acquired wealth he had a family he had two lives two wives when he heard that his brother Esau wanted to meet him he was afraid not 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 only afraid but at one time he also became lonely when he had sent all his belongings and family ahead so that he could face his brother and that is the time he prayed and in that prayer jacob was saying lord forgive me i didn't know that you my god had everything for me set up i didn't realize that i could not do it on my own lord forgive me and now this is what we are saying to all of us that as we realize that this god is well able he is a god who hears he is a god who forgives and he is a god who heals when we pray to our god and is willing like jacob we can enter into this relationship with christ today or by asking for forgiveness of our sins and through admitting our brokenness to him god can forgive us god can give us a new life as his children and we can enter into an eternal relationship with him full of his blessings and good promises over our lives as we are concluding i want to once again emphasize the key verse job Jacob what have we seen or what have we learned I want to emphasize Genesis 28:15 that God is saying I am with you He is with us and he will watch over you he will watch over us wherever we go and he will bring us back to his original place where he wants us to be he will not leave us until he has done what he has promised just like jacob we have walked with jacob through the four stages of his life and you notice that in all the stages god never left jacob he was ever with him blessing him 
encouraging him and being there for him.